Well, here we are. It's the beginning of October. We've got about 10 days before the general election in Iraq, and I want to talk to you about Iraq. Why? Well, for one thing, I've only just come back from Iraq, so that's a good reason to discuss it. And for another, Iraq is at a kind of a crossroads. The democratic process has been shot, really. Pathetic, the way it's it's gone. system is corrupt and corrupted and very much dominated by the big, heavyweight political players. And how to get back to a better way in Iraq. It's difficult, really. But we have had demonstrations, and demonstrations in which the young people of Iraq have come out onto the streets and very often been shot by people who are associated with the security forces of Iraq, with some of the militia units that operate in Iraq and draw their salaries from the public purse. It's a curious situation, much like that in Libya, where uh, militias because of the fight against Daesh, because we had to fight ISIS, and because we used militias too in that fight, indeed formed militias in order to conduct that fight, those militia groups now are drawing their salaries from the taxes of the people of Iraq. And they've become, in some instances, monsters, and have been, as I say, shooting demonstrators often in the back. But the demonstrations went on. Demonstrations continued because the people of Iraq wanted to try and build a better tomorrow and were tired of all the corruption. So we've had some modest reform. Now, I want to talk to you about a couple of people I've been talking to and, and situations I've been in regard to all of this. I want to talk to you about Amr al-Hakim. I was in a meeting with him. I wasn't the only person. It was a large meeting. But I did speak to him directly and ask, questioned him directly. Uh, and he's an old friend of mine. And the meeting was primarily about the elections in Iraq, which are about to happen. So who is Amr al-Hakim? Well, Amr al-Hakim is a man I met some years ago. I guess 2003 would be I first met him after the fall of Saddam. And he used to run a group we used to call Majlis, which means the council. Uh, sometimes uh, we used to call it ISKI, the Islamic Supreme Council of Iraq. Anyway, this group had a military wing, which is called the Badr Brigade, headed by Hadi al-Amri, now head of all the militias in Iraq, or at least the umbrella group of all the militias. He is arguably one of the most powerful militia leaders in Iraq, alongside, I suppose, Case al-Khazali and Mohandis, who was assassinated by the Americans. But the, those Case al-Khazali was the sort of terrorist who killed many Brits, and Hali al-Amri was the, the great militia leader who fought to liberate Iraq from Saddam Hussein. Amr al-Hakim was close to Hali al-Amri. Indeed, they were together, and he had this great political group called Majlis. Well, Majlis has split and split again and is now perhaps rather smaller than it once was. And the Badr Brigade, the great military wing, has split uh, away from Majlis and is now an independent group under the auspices of our old friend Hathi al-Amri. So Amr al-Hakim is now called the head of the National State Powers Alliance. He's a major player. He's kind of like a, a quasi-religious figure. He's a thinker, a deep, deep thinker. Think of him like a political bishop, political leader. He was talking to all of us about the elections, and I asked him a few questions. So these are some of the things that Amr al-Hakim said. This new electoral law, he's talking about the electoral law for Iraq, 
that's supposed to reform Iraq. This new electoral law dismantles the political blocks, which goes along with the will of the Iraqi people. It is a step in the right direction to assure the Iraqi street that we have fair opportunities. I hope that the political groups that withdrew will come back. Now, this is a reference to many of the Sunni political groups that are simply not participating. And they're not participating partially because there's there's a a double bluff here from the government or whatever you like to call it. They've also, as as, as well as reforming the political process, they've also introduced a kind of electronic mechanism for vote counting as well as for the registration of the voters using a bio metric data, primarily the fingerprint. Well, huge mistrust about this with regard to the Sunni people who've been shafted before in these elections. I mean, not that they're about fiddling things, but they're the underdogs now. So it's a reference to that. Many of the Sunni political groups have withdrawn from the elections. And he goes on, the October protests still blame the political powers. Some activists don't feel safe. Of course they don't feel safe. Shot in the back. Now, how do you get shot in the back when you're a demonstrator? You're, okay, so you're demonstrating outside a ministry a building or some parliament, something associated with corruption. And there you are, you're a whole crowd of you, chanting, enough, enough corruption, we want a new start, or democracy for Iraq, or whatever your chant of the moment is, and you're a young boy. What you're faced with? You're faced with the Iraq army protecting the government building you're outside demonstrating about. They don't shoot you. No. Sniper will start picking off the demonstrating from behind and shoot them in the back. There are occasional Iraq army casualties. Why? Because the demonstrators have um, attacked the Iraq army? No. Because the snipers have misfired and then and hit the guys from the Iraq army who are protecting the government building when they're trying to hit the demonstrators. So the demonstrators generally get hit in the back. Iraq army people get hit in the front if they get hit. Sad. And the snipers, of course, from the militia groups that are, or the elements in the militia groups, I wouldn't accuse people like the Butter Brigade of this, but uh, there are elements in the militia, militia groups that are more extreme that feel threatened by the demonstrators who are really advocating reforms, which will be, for example, will mean the end to their uh, their independent ability to act. So, then, this is from Amar al-Akim. We ask for the presence of international observers to make sure we have elections that are fair. Oh, chance would be a fine thing. It's very difficult to observe these elections. UNAMI stands in your way. They will only offer security for election day. So you have to arrange your own security if you want to do a proper job. But in addition to that, it's very hard to get funding. Uh, UNAMI certainly won't, despite the fact that it's been swamped with money from the international community, it won't, uh, it won't disperse money to for air tickets or accommodation to independent election observers international election observers it has its own cronies that will of course not rock the boat that's the united nations assistance mission in iraq i would say a very dodgy organization in many ways but that's my impression what does amr al-hakim say he says strong government means less foreign interference well, yeah, absolutely. That's what we want. That's what everybody wants because I mean, many of these militia groups are close to Iran. Amar Hakim goes on, Iraq is too big to be in the lap of anyone. 
well, quite right. I mean, you don't need to be in the lap of America or Iran or anybody. If Iraq corrects its approach, it will become a hub for other countries rather than a battlefield. And he's got it there, really. Iraq has been a battleground between Iran and the United States of America, or at least their proxies. We need more transparency and uh, we need good credibility. We call for a social contract. Now, I chipped in here and said, well, what about the, uh, the the credibility of the elections themselves? I mean, there is no transparency with regard to the, the um, German company that's monitoring the, these elections. And their reports are all in secret. And he said, well, no, 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 it, it's okay. 16% of the boxes will be counted manually. As, and, yeah, and we'll even scan the picture of the voter so that, and it's not electronic voting, it's electronic counting. And so there isn't, there isn't chance. We're not using voting machines. But we will have an election with a credible system, says Ahmad. So he's backing this, these this way these elections are being handled. I have a lot of respect for him, so I, ho I hope he's right. And he said to God to the candidates, look, if we are going to select prophets and angels, where are they so that we can select them? If there is proven corruption, we will act to deal with it, if it means with regard to some of the candidates. Well, I find that kind of um, interesting, but maybe not as interesting as what was about to happen next. So, another instalment of this little <laughs> series coming in a moment. And, well, for me, perhaps the most controversial of the instalments. So, hang in there if you can bear it for the next message. Thanks.